thanks to Elon Musk and Tesla, the transition to a sustainable energy future is well on its way. Lots and lots more to do, of course, but at least the snowball has started. Today, we have a guest with us who's at the forefront of shaping the future of transportation and clean energy. Auka Hoekstra is a prominent researcher and innovator who's dedicated his career to pushing the boundaries of what's possible in the world of electric vehicles and sustainable transportation solutions. He is director at Neon Research and founder of Zenmo. We'll explore his groundbreaking insights into electric vehicles, autonomous transportation, and how these innovations are revolutionizing the way we move from place to place. Welcome, Oka. How are you doing? Thank you very much. Nice introduction. I appreciate you. I've been following you for quite a long time. You're, you've become quite a credible researcher. You've also been predicting the future a number of times. Why don't we start off with Tesla? Um, did you see that happening? I think you were certainly one of their early uh, proponents for Tesla. And then tell me about kind of the impact you think Tesla has had in sustainable energy. Yeah. Well, I've been predicting that electric vehicles would be the next big thing uh, uh, and would completely take over. Uh, the the, uh, the the mobility space. So that's a prediction about 15 years old that I made, and I, uh, well, timeline not that bad. It's very hard to say what companies will be at the forefront, but yeah, for me it was pretty clear after. Yeah, it was pretty clear that Tesla was doing smart things. So I always remember that Elon Musk said uh, when I started Tesla, I thought it was a 90% chance. That we will go bankrupt. So yeah, I, I never thought uh, in the beginning. Uh, I'm hundred percent sure that Tesla will make it. But they were doing exactly the the smart things. And um, yeah, when the Model S basically came along and it worked out fine in the end, I was pretty convinced that they would make it. So I still remember that everybody was going berserk at a certain moment. When uh, uh, Tesla had financial problems, they said, um, when the Model 3 uh, had to come into production, you know, uh, they showed uh, Elon Musk burning, uh, burning money. <laughs> and I explained to any uh, radio uh, 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 station and uh, sometimes TV who wanted to listen that, Come on, guys, before you start to make a new product, of course, you need a lot of money, but uh, yeah, that, that doesn't tell you anything. And I, So, yeah, I had a pretty clear picture of how that would go. And um, yeah, all in all, I think the, 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 the people, the, the question that people should ask mostly is, has Tesla made electrification of cars faster? And I think uh, they definitely, by this by this moment in time, uh, have speeded up things uh, like three or four years. In my, in my models, I would say even five years. So that's quite a remarkable achievement. But don't you think that if Tesla did not exist, which car company would have created an electric vehicle? Do you think that you know companies that are pure play EVs, do you think that China would have gotten to this regardless? Who do you think would have been the competitors? Um, I think a couple of years later, um, well, GM, of course, was uh, with, the, with the EV1, uh, was actually moving this space uh, pretty early on. Um, 
Nissan was not waiting for uh, for Tesla, Nissan Leaf, you know, uh, another great car. Uh, um, so so I, I would say that, yeah, the Chinese would in the end also pick it up, I think, because of the, 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 the logic behind it. But Nissan and GM, probably, or no. But yeah, hard to say. I don't know. Yeah. Right, right. No, for sure. So Tesla obviously pushed in your mind five years earlier, and then they are going to, they're working on all sorts of uh, areas to reduce sustainable, uh, you know, to move us forward to a sustainable energy. And then I'm going to show this graph here that you had in one of your reports, and it shows that transportation is about 27% of energy services. And so that's pretty significant, right? So do you think that that was the right move? By Tesla to go with twenty seven percent, or what? What are the other um, areas that they need to get into to really break through? Yeah, well, if you, if you if you look at uh, um, basically our biggest problems, mm -hmm. then uh, um, if, if you look at one technology, one specific technology, I would say electricity generation and um, um, cars are the two single biggest technologies. And if you think that yeah, electric, electricity is basically a whole world in itself, then I would say the, 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 the one most impactful machine that you could, yeah, could change is, 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 is the car. So, so that was the reason I wrote a book about it 15 years ago. I basically, during my sabbatical 15 years ago, I, uh, I I wanted to do something exciting and new that had a had a added value for the world, and I had uh, saved up some money from my adventures with uh, with internet, as many others. And um, I found out that basically, yeah, solar, wind, uh, and batteries are all going to become cheaper than uh, than fossil fuels. Uh, that means electric vehicles are also uh, 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 going to become uh, cheaper than fossil-fueled cars. And then I thought, yeah, if I look at, at the graph you just showed and, and, and look at the enormous impact that, that especially cars could have, I, I basically I was doubting, should I write a book on solar panels or on electric vehicles just to make a name for myself at that, at that moment so I could start my career in this new direction. In the end, I chose electric vehicles because I thought they were hotter, they were sexier. But <laughs> it, it's sort of typical, I think, that uh, Elon Musk was uh, also doing solar and uh, and and uh, uh, cars. For me, it's it, yeah, everything he has done and has said, for example, his master plans, etc., is completely transparent and recognizable. It's it's very hard sometimes for me to understand his his more political leanings, but his his energy technical leanings are fully transparent to me. So anyway, um, yeah, cars, big, 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 and uh, yeah, next to that, solar and wind. I think those are the things that are reshaping our uh, our society and are helping us to. Uh, yeah, get better cars while at the same time, and, and better mobility, of course. Uh, mobility can get can be more than cars. We'll get to that later, I think. But better uh, mobility and, and, and better electricity. It's an exciting time. With all the problems, still an exciting time. 
<laughs> exactly. Very good. And you were there very early. Like you said, you wrote a book, you did research. So Alka, what, what kind of research are you doing now? What is the research you've done that, uh, that you thought was uh, quite impactful? And then what are you focused on uh, upcoming? Yeah, so, so the, the, the first thing that was very impactful that I didn't expect uh, at the time, to be quite honest, and what got me my first Twitter following was that I um, uh, made a graph showing that <clears throat> um, uh, solar panels were uh, the, 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 the production capacity, yearly production capacity of solar panels was growing exponentially, very clearly. And that the Inter uh, International Energy Agency, but also the uh, AEA in, in America and, and, and other, all others, were basically uh, predicting flatlining. So I, I thought, ah, come on, you can't be serious. And, 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 and that sort of started me on this path where I'm often the guy who shows that everybody is, is or everybody, at least the, the, the large uh, organizations are much too um, uh, conservative in, in predicting the future. Then I wanted to model that in, in more detail. I wanted to understand better how that, how that worked. So I, st I started to do uh, uh, simulations about that. And in the end, that became my research. Um, uh, it became a large research project that you already mentioned, Neon Research, where we basically yeah, uh, look what technologies could really uh, accelerate the energy transition and also try to model that, especially for the Netherlands, uh, in, in terms of uh, how could we uh, quickly uh, um, shift from fossil fuels to uh, um, renewable energy. And of course, my personal focus within that program is still uh, electric vehicles and, um, for example, battery technology. And, and going forward, what I think is going to be most impactful, apart from keep telling this message that, that the technology is there and that uh, politics and, and, and people should move faster, that I um, uh, want to show how not only um, um, from a CO2 emission perspective we can, we can do this, but also from a resource uh, perspective, so that all the raw materials that we need for this are there and, and that if we do it smartly we can also do it very sustainably and i'm also looking at food but that's a very different uh, can of worms yeah so you were telling me that you were actually consulted by tesla for the their impact report uh yeah tell me more about what you did there and then also your co2 emissions and the electric vehicles tell me what that research showed you yeah it, it's still uh, People say that you that, that it's very healthy and and very um, 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 beneficial to feel uh, a sense of gratitude. Well, I, I I feel a lot of gratitude that 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 I can play this role. I never expected it. I I, I had a an interview uh, recently where in the end the, the title they came up with was I used to be officially stupid and now I'm officially smart because uh, when I was young, I was in, in special education and people said, well, he, he will never amount to much. And, 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 really? and, 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 and I, yeah, I was officially stupid. Yeah, it was, it was uh, 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 at that time, my, my parents always told me, well, doesn't matter even if you cannot finish any school, we'll still love you, you know. But in the end, uh, this is where I went. 
And uh, uh, so, so it's it's still very strange for me that uh, the guy who is in charge of the f of the of the impact report is apparently a fan. That's what he says to me, mm -hmm. and uh, that the people in the impact report actually um, yeah, used a lot of my um, um, ideas, basically from from Twitter largely, but also from from emailing back and forth. Uh, with how you can model and how you can predict uh, the CO2 emissions uh, 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 better. And of course, it helps that it also reduces the CO2 emission of the car a little bit if you do it my way. I think it's, it's, I do it better. But, but it's also, uh, it, it, it makes very clear that the electric vehicle is, is doing very well. And in the latest impact report, I found some very, very small um, errors and I, I, I mailed them about it. And uh, a couple of days later, they were fixed. So that's, that's really amazing that this, this officially stupid guy now can have this kind of impact on the, on the coattails of uh, the great work of Tesla. So this concept of CO2 emissions, you're talking about this idea that some people say that because electric vehicles, when you look at the actual energy production, when you go all the way down, that it still is, you know, dirty energy. Can you share more about what you found there? Yeah, I also wrote an article in Joule um, uh, showing, uh, yeah, basically outlining the six biggest mistakes that people make when they make those uh, those, those kind of um, yeah calculations that that um, um, yeah throw shade on electric vehicles. One of the most important things that you have to take into account is that the electricity grid is getting cleaner over the lifetime of your vehicle. So uh, uh, um, after 10 years of driving in your Tesla, um, it will actually emit less than when you bought it. And, and if you make a complete life cycle analysis, you take that, should take that into account. Also, uh, people overestimate the emissions for, uh, for, for batteries quite a lot. So, so uh, often uh, very dated information with, with, with prototype factories of 10 years ago or something are used as input for, for these kind of calculations. People assume that the electric vehicle um, is basically finished after uh, 100,000 miles or something, which is also not uh, uh, confirming to reality. And so there's all kind of other stuff that, that people misuse, abuse basically to... Um, to make the electric vehicle um, look worse than it is. I, I always say at the moment it takes about, on average, 20,000 miles or so to earn back your, uh, your, 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 your backpack, hey, your production backpack, because producing the battery does emit some extra CO2. And for, for most vehicles, that's within a year or something. And overall, over the lifetime of your vehicle, um, you emit about one third of the energy. But what's more more important, as far as I'm concerned, is that this is an innovation that um, once we also uh, produce stuff using uh, renewable energy, and once our electricity grid is is more renewable, you can basically get very close to zero with this approach, uh, zero CO2 emissions. So uh, the most important thing is not that at the moment you emit only 30% or so of the CO2 that a, a comparable vehicle emits. The most important thing is that you're supporting a, a move, uh, a transition, that in the end could eliminate, eliminate uh, CO2 emissions. Of course, for, for combustion cars, these CO2 emissions hardly go down. They can, they can go down a very little bit, although the, at the moment that's completely um, 
uh, negated by the cars becoming more and more heavier and, and larger. But <clears throat> let's say per kilogram, they can come become a little bit more efficient, let's say 20% more efficient or so. But that's it, while electric vehicles can basically become zero CO2, zero emission. Yeah, I love what, so I love that you just explained that. That's, uh, okay, so I did not know that. So currently today, there's 30% of, compared to an analyzed car, that's good news. And then over time, it's going to actually could get to 0%, which is great news. Tell me about the, a couple other misconceptions people have. So people say, you know, you're going to take down the grid as more and more electric vehicles come. Is there enough electrical, you know, uh, infrastructure in place? What will need to be built? Uh, what's your, what's the thinking there? Yeah, so I get it, I ask a question a lot, um, especially in Netherlands now, where basically uh, uh, um, there are maps showing um, uh, in red where you cannot connect more solar panels and more electric vehicles uh, anymore. And basically the whole of the Netherlands is red at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, um, so that seems bad news. Um, also, the amount of electricity we're going to need extra over the coming 20 years, I mean, it's a little bit we need about three times more capacity or so, uh, um, or at least energy transportation or electricity grid. So that's the bad news. But the good news is that um, uh, uh, going um, uh, electrify everything is the mantra. That, that's 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 what we should aim for. Uh, most uh, people in energy uh, agree on. So electrify everything. And when you do that, actually the amount of energy you need is, is two or three times less because, for example, an electric vehicle uses only roughly one-fourth of the energy of a combustion vehicle. So even though you need more electricity, it's electric, you need much less uh, energy overall. And then the nice thing is also that um, if you look at electric vehicles, that if you charge them at night or during the day when there's a solar peak, basically. So if you move move your charging, your moment of charging away from the peaks in the electricity grid, basically the, 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 yeah, the, the added strain you put on the grid is very close to zero. So it's, 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 it's first of all, you use one-fourth of the energy. Second of all, it's, it's no CO2 emissions. And third of all, if you do what we call smart charging, so if you move around the moment of charging to, uh, for example, the middle of the night or, or the middle of the day, hmm. you put no extra uh, strain on the electricity grid. Oh, and, and by the way, the electricity is also greener and, and, and cheaper when you do that. So electric vehicle is, is, is for, for a renewable grid, it's, it's the best news possible. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> now I know how to counter what people are saying. appreciate everything you just said there. I want to show this graph, and I don't know if it is... Is pertains to what you just said, but explain this to me. On the left, you've got kind of this terawatt hours, and then you got from the year 1800 all the way to 2022, <laughs> you got coal and oil, and then all these other kinds of energy sources. What is this showing us? Yeah, this is this is for my uh, this graph is for my great for my friends at uh, Our World in Data. Uh, I, I love what they're what they're doing there. And also, um, Hannah, she is she is one of the one of the yeah the, the one of the greats there. She said that my work inspired her. Well, mm. I find her work incredibly inspiring. <laughs> so it's 
it's it's now but seriously it's really funny how just a few people are are basically yeah. bringing about this enormous transition I, I i always think of margaret mad i think uh, who had this famous quote uh, saying do you really think a few good people can change the world and then yeah. she replies i don't know what else ever did I mean, I love that quote. And and if yes. you look at Tesla, I mean, the, the 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 few people who are basically making this. Now, our world of that is also a good example. If you look at that slide, you see that in the past we we burned some stuff, you know, uh, traditional biomass. But since the 1900s, coal, oil, and um, uh, uh, natural gas, and and some other stuff, really made our energy use explode it, it's 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 mind-boggling if you think about it. i mean the, the most important things for life are basically energy and, and and stuff and this explosion of energy is 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 very remarkable and now in in let's say 20 years 30 years maybe 40 years for some uh, some areas uh, that, that's still at the start of the development we have to throw away those 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 fossil fuels entirely. That's the biggest project in the history of humanity by far. If you if you look at uh, at the impact in money or in in, 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 in amount of stuff or amount of people um, that that have uh, that will notice it on, on a daily basis, but actually it's going pretty well. I mean. It's going not fast enough. We have climate change, and it will uh, take decades uh, uh, before we get to net zero. And 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 all the time we increasing this this uh, this layer of greenhouse gases. But still, we're 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 in the middle of the biggest project in the history of the human race. And um, yeah, as you just showed, uh, about thirty percent of emissions is uh, is related to transport. Very large part of that uh, uh, comes from cars. And when we make them electric, that's really more than a drop in a bucket. That's really a big, big change. So I, I think it's good to sometimes when we look at all the problems that we encounter to look at a big picture. Elon Musk would say first principles. And then, yeah, let it sort of internalize that what we're doing is is huge. I honestly believe that 50 or 100 years from now, people will say, Yes, this was a generation that that did what needed to be done. A little bit late, but they did it. And yeah, we are part of this, uh, Herbert. <laughs> we are part of it, and well, you're you're the one individual that's doing more work. I'm just more of a consumer of the energy. I need to. Well, no, I, but I guess I'm sure because that, I mean, I mean, you, you you reach a lot of people this way, and right. and I mean, uh, the only way <laughs> this this whole transition is going to work, if there's a lot of people, yeah, like yeah. me who research stuff, and like you who, who who get that to the to the audience that wants to listen. Exactly correct. That's my little contribution to this. But your contribution is amazing. So I have a theory, and I wanted to ask you if you think my theory is anywhere correct. Okay, so uh, when Tesla released their master plan part three, and they were showing how to accelerate to, you know, sustainable energy economy, a sustainable economy. Uh, one of the big things that they talked about was energy generation, not only energy storage, but Tesla's not doing anything in energy generation yet. And so I have a big, strong feeling that they're going to get into solar farms. 
that, you know, we've heard Elon talk about this 100 by 100, I, I always get this wrong, square miles, uh, miles, I can't, I can't remember what exactly what it was. I always get it wrong. But, you know, he said, it's just a small plot of land is all that's needed, solar panels, and you'd be able to power the United States or even the world, okay? But they've not done it yet. And some people are telling me, well, Tesla will not get into t solar panels because it's very low, um, it's, it's a commodity. It's not something that they can very you know, drastically improve. Uh, what's your thought in there? Is there is there going to be in the future? Will Tesla get into energy generation? Yeah, well, uh, um, uh, Musk already uh, tried his hand at at solar, right? So the, this this company that he in the end, uh, yeah. some people say he he built his his family out, but but others say he uh, yeah he he just took what he started and he tried to, uh, to, to, to to finish it. But I mean, solar it, it has has always been a, a focus, I think, of, of Elon Musk and for good reason. As I said, uh, I was doubting should I write my book about solar panels or about electric vehicles when I tried mm -hmm. to make the first splash in this new space. I do think that um, uh, if I read the leaves, Tesla will try to uh, create some solar farms, especially solar farms and maybe also wind farms or mixed farms uh, close to um, uh, um, charging uh, uh, charging infrastructure that, that, that they own to be able to say, look, this is how you should do it. Uh, uh, we power a large part of, uh, of uh, or maybe entirely, but probably a large part of this charging station using uh, our own solar panels. And we, uh, we, we put some batteries in there to... Uh, to, to make it work during the night, etc. I think, yeah, uh, this is where it will, it will be going. I, I must also say that um, his master plan, uh, master plan uh, part three, is basically the the, the simplified uh, version, uh, not to dumb down. I, I don't mean it's simplified in the sense that 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 it's it's less less um, um, uh, intelligent, but simplified in in, in sense that it's uh, for a, for a wide audience. The simplified uh, version of the of the kind of energy modeling that I do with Neon Research, and that, for example, my my my, my friend uh, Christian Breyer is uh, is doing for the entire world, sh showing that renewable energy can really displace fossil fuel in its entire entirety, wow. and yeah. and although it's a big project, it, it's it's actually technically speaking, it's just large. It's it's not extremely complicated it, it's just yeah you need to do a lot of it you need a lot of solar panels only a, a small part of the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the of the of the earth surface like 0.1 or 0.3 percent of the earth surface uh, with solar panels and you're done throw in some uh, some uh, some wind and uh, use some roofs and, and you're back to 0.1 percent or so or the of the surface and i always say when people say to me yeah but Solar takes so much more space than fossil fuels. I will say, yeah, it's true. You know, it takes a lot more space. 0.1% of the Earth's surface is more than what we currently need for, uh, for fossil fuels. But do you really think that when we use about 50% of the, of the surface for, um, for, 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 for agriculture, and we use about 1% for, for, for roads and, and, and buildings. That is 0.1% extra for solar will break the bank. Nah, it's a non-issue. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that I, I completely get where it's coming from. And I really liked his master plan, plan uh, part three. I completely agreed with it. 
Now, in uh, and I'm reading the book, Walter Isaacson's book, and in one of the chapters, he talks about that when Elon was younger, he was writing a paper, he submitted the paper, and the very last bit of that paper was talking about this idea of capturing the sun's energy in this in the space and then transmitting the electricity and i just made me think if starlink is some way going to be doing any of this or this is completely just bonkers well, well i, I must say that, that i i love yeah yeah so so it's this is very strange because um i have this peer group uh, that is very concerned about um, uh, climate change you know and, and, and wants less cars and, 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 and basically uh, uh, less big rockets and certainly not people yabbering on about let's go to Mars or something. You know, this is very unpopular in this space. But, mm. but I completely get it. I think that we, we do want to become a multidisciplinary, or a multidisciplinary, a multiplanetary species. I do think that in the future, um, uh, actually long before 2100, we will try to mine asteroids, for example, for raw materials. Yes. Yeah. And um, I actually don't think um, we will do uh, uh, solar panels in space anytime soon, basically because solving it here on Earth works so well. But I yeah. do think in the longer future, and also when we start uh, bigger projects in space, because I, I think we will do bigger projects in space in the future, it's super handy if you can, for example, make your 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 natural gas or methanol or now your your your, your energy in space, for example, right? Or or you can uh, um, right. um, at least create your uh, uh, yeah, basically produce as much as possible from the moon, for example, that sort of stuff. And and then energy in space becomes uh, um, really interesting. So I also researched a little bit when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought it was super cool to have uh, solar panels in space, and basically the whole Earth can become one big park. You know, we just have our buildings, and and, and we, I don't know, maybe we fly instead of, or we use tunnels. This tunnels also comes from this overall idea that you try to keep the surface surface more or less uncluttered. You know, mm -hmm. keep it keep it for the nice stuff, and 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 cars are yeah. The, well, some people like uh, a highway, but most people say, well, I wouldn't mind this highway sort of hidden out of sight. And then tunnels, a eh, boring company, um, also become a good. So, so on a technical level, I'm, I'm with, with, with Elon Musk all the way. Although mobility as a service is not something that he embraces. Uh, yeah, well, in a way, you can use your Tesla then and give it to other people, but it's, it's still very big. Uh, uh, cars and, and and everybody drives alone in a, in a in a big car most of the time in in this sort of ideal future. I, I would see. like a future where we have smaller vehicles and share them a little bit more. But maybe we can get to that later. Yeah, we'll get we're going to get that very very soon because I'm curious what you just said. But before we do that, get back to Earth and electric vehicles. And uh, I mean, so clearly he's kickstarted the uh, the industry. Every car company is now doing this. They have to. It's, it's already happened. What about range anxiety? That seems to be still an issue. Do you see, do you do research on batteries? And um, what's your expectation of what's going to happen there? Yeah, so basically what we see is that range anxiety is something that gets a lot less 
when people actually owned uh, an electric vehicle for a while. Um, um, but the optimal range that, that you need to feel comfortable with your car is different for different people. Some people uh, have a lot of yeah, family that, that lives further away or, or uh, they, they, they love to, to make weekend trips or they love to go somewhere while they're towing a big boat or whatever. You know, the, but for the most people, and, and, uh, and I'm talking about Europe now, we find that, let's say, 350 kilometers, so let's say 200 miles, maybe 225 miles or so, actually takes care of most range anxiety for most people. That, that means that every once in every two weeks or something for most Europeans, you still visit a fast charger and you, you stay there for 20 minutes. It's probably going to be 10 minutes in the future. But So when batteries get, get more powerful, you can make the fast charging uh, faster. Uh, the, the batteries are the problem right now. Not the, 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 the fast charging infrastructure itself is no, not the problem anymore. So, so what I see is that most of all, people are going to learn that you don't need uh, uh, 500 miles of range or even 1,000 miles of range to, to be comfortable with the car. That's simply nonsensical. So that's the first learning experience that we need. On the technology side, so that's not learning uh, uh, of people, but learning of the technology, the batteries will become a little bit lighter um, uh, on average, they become about half as half as weighty, uh, half as heavy every ten years. There's a little bit of a, a backslide now because we're using lithium-iron phosphate battery, super environmentally friendly, relatively speaking, and um, cheap. And they are a bit heavier than the N uh, NMC batteries that, uh, that, that we use. But still, batteries will get uh, lighter. But most of all, batteries will get faster, more powerful. And uh, that will mean that basically uh, uh, charging them up will become so quick that yeah, it doesn't bother us uh, anymore. So that's my, that's my prediction. And also, if you look at the last battery day of Tesla, they basically had this great... Uh, uh, they showed that um, the, this is going to be a little bit technical, but that the pouch shells um, and that they use in, inside of, uh, of of cylindrical batteries. So, so basically, you have a very long, very flat pouch that's rolled up, and that's what makes uh, a, a cylindrical battery. And instead of um, basically tapping the power on the long ends of the pouch. They had the electrodes um, on the total um, uh, over the total length on the on the on the on the top and on the bottom, which means that the, the the path length of the electrons in the cell is much shorter, which means that the power of the cell becomes much greater. Long story short, they had a super inventive thing that basically will make uh, charging six times faster. They predicted and. Yeah, this is going to take care of range anxiety uh, in a technological sense, I think. Yeah, can't wait for 4680s. So I believe you've done research on vehicle-to-grid, this technology. Um, just curious how you think that that's going to happen. Tell me more about how that's going to impact the EV owners, the energy grid that we talked about earlier, 
and what's what's going to how is it going to roll out and what's what's going to take for it to become wider adoption yeah i i love uh, vehicle to grid um uh, when i started writing about uh, electric uh, uh, vehicles everybody thought yeah but the batteries will degrade too f- so so let's first say what vehicle to grid is right it's it's that you use your car to um, uh, basically to uncharge your uh, car battery onto the electricity grid so that you basically make your battery empty instead of full using the grid and then at a later time uh, you charge your uh, uh, your battery full again and that way you can basically use the the battery of your car as a as a as a, as a battery to yeah to 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 make the the electricity grid stable and to basically um yeah, buy electricity when it's cheap and, and sell it when it's uh, when it's expensive. And um, when I started, everybody thought it's never going to happen because car batteries will degrade too quickly. But one of the biggest advances that many people haven't noticed so much is that batteries last longer and longer and longer and longer. And, and there's no end in sight there. It's going pretty quickly and, and basically... There's no reason why a, a battery couldn't could, couldn't last like three or four times longer than it and it currently lasts, and it's already outlasts the the car by a by a by a by a by a big margin. And apart from that, we also found we didn't know that in the past that when you very slowly at a at a speed that your car likes discharge your uh, battery. And if you recharge it um, uh, not too fast at the speed your car likes, that has to do with uh, keeping the temp- temperature at, at, at a range that the, the car likes and um, going slower when the battery is almost full, for example. When you do that, then actually having your car a little bit emptier overall, so having the battery uncharged, discharged sorry, uh, most of the time, makes it last even longer. Mm. It's a small difference, but the whole idea that vehicle to grid destroys your battery is is completely, yeah, a decade ago. So this means that I expect that in the future more and more um, uh, car companies will produce cars um, uh, that can also discharge. And we're already seeing this a little bit, but uh, uh, once the transformer in the car, so in the car you have an, uh, a machine that takes your uh, 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 alternating current from the grid and turns it into a direct current, DC, for your battery. This thing can be made to be uh, bidirectional very simply. It's, 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 um, it takes maybe uh, 150 euros or so in, in, in components once you decide to do this on a larger scale. And then your car can go in both directions. It can just, yeah, it, it can uh, uncharge itself uh, towards the grid as fast as it can charge from the grid. And then uh, vehicle owners, uh, it could make a buck. I mean, I don't know exactly how much. It will not be stunning, but it could easily be like 50 bucks a month or something. I don't know, uh, but, 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 but interesting. And for the energy transition, that basically means that that there's an enormous amount of batteries that all of a sudden becomes available to um, uh, regulate the intermittency of solar and wind. And that means that the daily intermittency problem is, is, can be completely taken care of, completely taken care of by electric vehicles. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> that is very, 
That is very, very cool. I'm glad that you did the research there. So it sounds like it's a big deal, or is it kind of like, it's a nice thing to have, but is it a really big deal? Because some people are saying that, oh, can you imagine how many cars Tesla has? That's, I don't know the calculations, but some are saying that that's like a, you know, an, an energy power source right there, right? Generator. Yeah. So um, I, I had this, I have these discussions uh, um, with people who are worried about the amount of batteries that you would need to sort of um, um, take care of the of the of the peaks uh, using batteries. You know, uh, uh, if you have a, a grid with wind and solar, how much batteries do you need? Mm. And then I said, do you realize that the batteries you are worrying about now are only like 10% of the batteries we're going to put in cars? Can you imagine what happens to this problem that's now very big in your mind yeah. if we could use car batteries? So really, um, um, if everybody had a home battery, let's say of 10 kilowatt hour or something, maybe 15, that would probably take out most of the kinks of a, a solar and wind grid. But they have a car in front which has maybe 100 kilowatt hours in, 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 in battery capacity. I see. So yes, I think it's going to be a big thing. On the other hand, if for some reason it really doesn't get off the ground, it's not a showstopper. It's just, it's strange that you have so much batteries on wheels and you, mm -hmm. you don't use them uh, in this double capacity. That would be strange to me. Okay. That's brilliant. Thank you. So earlier you shocked me when you kind of said something like Elon's version of mobility as a service is different than yours or something like that. Can you explain what is mobility as a service in your mind? And, you know, what, tell me more about how we can, you know, impact and transform transportation. Yeah. So, um, there's also a little bit of a European view here, maybe versus an American view, uh, where, where, on the whole, on average, I would say that, that Europe is a little bit less car-centric than America. I think it's partly to do with the fact that a lot of cities um, are, are, are basically built long before the, the car came along and, and um, they're not so very suitable to, uh, to a lot of cars. But I would say that most people outside the mobility community and in the urban environment community agree that cars and cities don't match very easily and and they envision the city of the future when you see a vision of the city of the future um, um, most people envision a, a lot less car use and so the the the, the, the i would say uh, the researchers i work with um, i don't steer them i just uh, uh, look at, at their research when they think of mobility as a service for example, they think of um, small vehicles. Uh, most most of the time, we we drive alone in an, uh, in, a, in a car. So so, and most of the time, we drive in a city actually. So, for example, small uh, small city cars that uh, zip you around and 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 that are uh, not your your property, but but are just yeah, uh, um, uh, basically a sort of public transportation 2.0 or something. And uh, uh, um, um, so, so there's a, a sort of a strong decoupling of mobility needs from uh, the car as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a mechanism, as a personal car, as a mechanism. So it's more like, a, a, it's often called shared autonomous electric vehicles. Um, whereas um, Elon Musk 
he sort of goes halfway, I would say. He has those 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 ideas about uh, lending your car to others, so so your car can also be used. Uh, others can drive around in your car. Well, of course, if for example um, we look at uh, uh, simulations, uh, I, I make um, my my people in my research project make them a lot. Then you see that basically, if we would share all our cars, um, uh, we would need at most <laughs> one one-tenth of the cars. So you could potentially loan your cars to many other people who wouldn't, wouldn't need their own car anymore. Yeah, and that would be really great. But I'm just wondering, yeah, if it's just a sort of a side thing, you know, you buy a car, but now and then you let somebody other, so, someone else drive in it and you still buy a, a Model X or something. For me, that's halfway there in terms of uh, mobility as a service. Gotcha. Now I understand what you meant. Because I actually do not expect, I, I am one of the minorities, that Tesla will continue to sell cars to consumers. I think they're going to stop. They're going to do exactly what you said. The Model 3 will be a single use, or there's going to be vans, also buses. But it's going to be owned by Tesla, and it's going to be autonomous robotaxi, because their ability to make margin and revenue is so much more. Why bother selling the car? especially when you generate additional revenue streams um, from entertainment, you know, even transaction fees as you go to retail places. And then, of course, the robotaxi charge itself. It's just ridiculously, uh, just ridiculously yeah, I, profitable. I'm actually, so I'm, 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 yeah, it's just not going to happen. I'm in there with you. If I may, if I may expand on that uh, a little bit, because I, you, you actually, um, you, you're, you're pushing a very <laughs> important button there, I think. And I completely agree. If autonomous driving ever becomes uh, totally possible, and I don't doubt that for a moment, but actually a lot of people do. So, so here is something where I have to say, well, let's see in 10 years. And of course, the fact that Elon Musk, as usual, had a very optimistic timelines that he didn't meet didn't help the credibility of the whole proposal, I think. Mm -hmm. But still, I think it's 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 i see no reason whatsoever that that cars couldn't do that better i actually think chat uh, gtp can also help to convince people that uh, mm -hmm. these computers they're getting smarter awfully fast aren't they yes they are so once your car can basically become a taxi once every car basically is a taxi you can you can choose to drive um, but but it can also drive itself then all of a sudden the whole proposition changes completely because now all of a sudden it's a, it's it's a instead of it being easy to have your own car it becomes really easy not to own a car because it's there at the push of a button within two minutes or so uh, mm -hmm. uh, about the same time it would take yourself uh, to, to, to put yourself to, 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 to pick it up especially in the city from where you parked it and to to bring it out on the street and then you don't have to park it anymore. I mean, how great is that? Don't have to park your car anymore. Eh? Valet service for everybody, standard. And then you look at the cost, and you see that if a car system would work like that with autonomous driving, it would be at least five times cheaper. Now, the part where I diverge a little bit from this idea uh, that, that a lot of people have mm -hmm. is that I think once you go there... Um, 
um, and you don't need a driver anymore, right? So a, a, a taxi, uh, basically, you can you can you can you can skip the driver. Then I think a taxi is too big. Even Model Three, I think, is too big for most purposes. So for sometimes, so part of this fleet will be big vehicles for many people or for mm-hmm. for, for uh, or vans, you know, self-driving vans. But I think most of the time you will say, "I'm going to want to go from there to there on my own." And people will say, "Ah, yeah." Then then you get something that basically as fast as a car. But but yeah, in terms of a little bit more towards a bike in terms of of, of, of footprint and, and size, and I think cities will then ad, 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 yeah adapt to that sort of possibilities mm-hmm. and basically say this whole neighborhood, these small vehicles are super welcome. The larger ones, well, when they go no faster than five kilometers an hour or something, but but, but yeah, we really want to have a living environment where uh, where these small ones they're fine but and also when you when you bump into someone with a very small light vehicle yeah. chances that they survive it are very big whereas with a big suv you know those those pictures of how many children fit into the blind spots of your suv and and now i, I think autonomous driving is the big big thing uh, means 10 times, uh, 10 times less vehicles when they are owned, well, maybe owned by Tesla. I'm not sure uh, because I have this vision of even smaller vehicles and, and basically also gotcha. maybe different vehicles for different cities, that sort of stuff. So I'm not sure if it will be a Tesla thing, but I think this will completely transform mobility. Yeah. Well, you know, we've seen images of potential, the Gen 3 platform. It looks like a two two-person car. Looks very small. Some people even thought it was a three-wheeler. Um, so you must be pretty excited, <laughs> yeah. pretty happy, yeah. the progress that you're seeing right now in uh, sustainable energy acceleration. Uh, do you think that it's going along in the path that you wish? What are the emerging technologies that you're keeping an eye on? And what do you think about the future? Well, it's going much faster than I feared. So that's really nice. Hmm. Um on the other hand, uh, um, yeah, uh, we still need to go faster. So I hope this exponential trend can continue for a while because we really, really need it. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm. I think of all the people who were worried, so just to be clear, right? So so I'm I don't fly. Uh, I try to 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 fly as little as possible. I haven't flown for mm-hmm. five years now, so I uh, don't eat meat. I have built my own energy positive house. Um, I uh, made it of wood. I um, um, have a car, but it's an electric car. So, so I, I, I take this really serious. But at the same time, um, yeah, it really bothers me that so many people are getting uh, depressed, especially young people, about this is this is never going to work and the. And I think for that reason, we really need this, I would say, big picture thinking back. We need to to believe in a brighter future and and we need to think what can we do to make that future brighter. And technologically, the the possibilities are endless. Um, We're also doing it. We're just not doing it fast enough. Uh, It would be nice if we did it faster. Let's put it that way. Although we already put the original IPCC scenarios to shame, so so the worst case scenarios, 
uh, that was sort of middle of uh, yeah, uh, business usual uh, 20 years ago in the IPCC scenarios are now unlikely worst case scenarios. I say it's still Russian roulette to, to, to say, ah, there's only 10% chance that, that, that uh, civilization won't survive. I mean, no, you don't say 10%, that's a risk I'm willing to take, you know, but, but still there's a 90% chance that at least it will survive, which yeah. should make us a little bit more positive. So I think what will happen is that um, solar and wind um, will keep uh, growing exponentially and people will keep saying it will not grow exponentially for another five years and then they will throw in the towel and we will finally see S-curves and, 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 and we'll still go faster than people think. But um, 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 at least uh, it, it will be a little bit more realistic uh, and then we will all of a sudden see, hey, we're not going to end up with uh, two and a half or three degrees. Uh, we could actually make it 1.8 or so. I think that's, yeah. to be quite honest, that, that's, that's, that's the best we're going to do. And then uh, yeah, electric vehicles are also going to go much faster. This, this autonomous uh, driving could really uh, 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 scale back the amount of uh, raw materials we need, which is also super helpful. So we can free up the, the, the battery capacity for all, uh, all other kind of stuff, etc. And then I think, I really honestly think that by 2050 or so, we will be making plans like for, okay, we will make, have this overshoot until 1.8 degrees or so. But what temperature do we want to end, end on in 2200 or so? Are we going to make it 1.3 degrees or 1 degrees or 1.5 degrees? Actually, I think that we will not get lower than one degree if we can choose, because actually one degree is, is, is one degree hotter is not that bad in, in many respects. Um, so I look forward to, when I'm old and gray, seeing people bicker about exactly how they want to shape the future, how they want to shape this planet, instead of being depressed and sad about that it's all going to 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 hell in a handbasket but at the moment we're still part of the six mass extinction and a lot of stuff is going wrong so okay. let's not well, you're, you've done a great job moving us forward uh, tell me about um, what project you're working on right now in the next six months a year okay my biggest project i don't know if everybody's who's listening to this interested in it but you're asking the biggest project is that I want to create an institute that basically takes this kind of exponential uh, thinking into solutions uh, forward. So basically a follow-up of my, my, my current uh, research initiative, but with a little lessons learned. But one of the things I want to focus on is food. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at biodiversity impact, for example, and land use impact, basically I think CO2, we're going to manage that. And basically predicting what we will do to manage that is going to be a little bit old-fashioned, I think, in five years from now. Everybody will sort of know it. And I probably will be talking about it for another 10 years or so to uh, to an increase, uh, to, yeah, to actually increasing group of people who's saying like, oh, really? But it will not be new to anybody uh, who knows things anymore. But I think in, in terms of food and, for example, uh, solar food, you know, that sort of stuff, that's... That's even, in, if you think about it, even more out there in, in many respects than solar panels in space, that we can use solar, solar energy directly and basically use air, uh, things that are in air or, or, or things that are 
freely available uh, without uh, 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 attacking nature or without uh, uh, needing more, 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 more space and turn that into something that tastes even better than, than, than meat and current meat. I mean, I, I think that will free up, uh, uh, if we do it right, so many rainforests that, that that's something I, I really want to focus on more. I love it. I have another prediction then. <laughs> My other prediction is that uh, Elon, if not Tesla, will get into food. They need to consider this. <laughs> but, but, for... but 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 really, but 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 but, yeah. but but really, he's already into Neuralink. <laughs> yeah, he's already into space. Do you yeah. think he will also go into food? Well, maybe. Yes. Of course, I mean, people say this and then like, uh, why don't you go back and look at the last every two years, there's always a brand new company that he launches. What makes you think he's going to stop launching new companies? But he's going to do food. So Master Plan Part 4 will be food. <laughs> I don't know if it's Maybe. Tesla, right? Because it's got to be part of Mars, right? How do you create food? He is he, given a lot of thought in terms of solving world hunger. Actually, you know, actually, mm -hmm. if I can jump in, I mean... We're, this is too great to pass up as an opportunity because um, uh, that's the way I look at it, actually, is that Mars is the greatest incentive to look at life on Earth and see how can we do it better here. Because when you look yeah. at Mars, all of a sudden you think, my God, we have it so, this is so precious, this is so special. And yeah. then when you, because you want to go there anyway, because it's cool and because you want to, be a multidisciplinary species, multi-planetary uh, species. So then when you think, okay, so how would it work on Mars? You're challenging yourself to, it's, it's like the Formula One for cars. You know, it's not, it's, not, it's not working anymore, but they always say that these kind of great challenges, they bring yeah. out the, the best technology that goes mainstream. I think in terms of food, Mars could be, uh, Mars research could be one of the things that really brings this alternative meat, for example, meat, meat, meat replacement, yeah. that sort of stuff, forward faster. And and yeah, he's already fully into that, of course, Musk. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe I hadn't actually thought of it like that, but yes. Oh, for sure. Maybe I should let you know, but I was at uh, Giga Texas last year when uh, there was an opening party and I was at a, you know, the secret uh, party. And I had a chance to speak to both Elon and his brother, Kimball. And the question I asked Elon was using first principles. How do you use, what is the first principle thinking about solving world hunger? And he went on talking about that there's no, there's actually no issue with, you know, there's a, cal, there's no calorie deficit in the earth. It's about, you know, distribution and getting at the right place, right time. Then I talked to Kimball, as you know, his entire career spent mm -hmm. on food. And I asked them, are you and your brother working on solving world hunger? And he gave me a definitive yes. So that's why it makes sense that there will be something that they'll announce. You know, anyways, it's something to think about. And so when you're doing your research nice on this, you will, it will come out, it will come and you'll see. It'll, it'll fit perfectly nicely with their next venture. Well, Alka, thank you so much. Really appreciate this. This was illuminating. Um, I really appreciate and respect you for the work you've done and you've made, moved the needle forward. Uh, please follow him on Twitter at Auka Hookstra, A-U-K-E-H-O-E-K-S-T-R-A. And he's got his website at neonresearch.nl. And he's also the founder of zenmo.com. And I'll put all that in the links. Thank you so much, Alka. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, because getting the word out there is just as important as doing research. So thank you so much.
<laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it too.